0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Ferry County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFMD. I'm your host, Steve Nibbs. Today, we're going to talk boys soccer, and with me is the head boys soccer coach at Urbana High School, Mr. Scott Schottner. And, Coach, thanks for taking some time to be with us, and uh, pre- appreciate it. Hey, not at all. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. So, let's let's go back a little bit coach if you can and you can give our listeners an an idea who uh coach K- Sharkner is and then where he started and how he be- got to Urbana and how thing you know your journey there
1: okay um well let's see first i was uh born and raised in in Frederick County um started playing soccer uh when I think I was about 7 or 8 years old and uh, Went to Frederick High School, uh, graduated in '96. Uh, actually, Mark Walcott was my was my coach for a couple <laughs> of years there before he went on to uh to to do his thing over at Tuscarora High School. Um, but uh went to your College, got my degree in elementary education, played a year of college soccer there before coming back and uh, was was teaching elementary school. At, at Urbana Elementary and uh, my my father who uh, was a PE coach at the time um, or PE teacher at the time right. ran into Kevin McMullen at one of their uh, PE meetings and Kevin was the athletic director but also the boys soccer coach at Urbana High School and said that he needed a, uh, was looking for a, an assistant coach and my, my dad had mentioned my name and I was three years into teaching and uh wanted to get into coaching and, and that's kind of how the the door opened up for me uh, a year later in uh 2004 kevin got an opportunity to go up to the mountain be an assistant coach and that's not something you kind of turn away so before i was way before i was ready for any type <laughs> of head coaching spot the uh the spot was vacated and uh, I was I was able to kind of step in there, but like I said, that was was definitely wasn't ready for that. But um, yeah, that's how uh, that's how I got the the head coaching spot at Urbana um, in 2004, and it's uh, been there ever since.
0: The rest is history. Was there anything particular, Scott, about Urbana, about the area, that has kept you right there where you are for the last 20, almost 20 years now?
1: Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Um, the, the initial draw was they they were the school that hired me, um, to, to teach elementary school at, uh, but soon after being there, um, I kind of realized how unique and, and special the community was okay. and is. Okay. Um, and, and the more time I spent there, the more I realized just, um, kind of how, like I said, how, how unique and special it is because there really is a, um, a sense of community. Uh, and when I say that, I mean everyone kind of aligns their priorities to, to do what's in the best interest of, of the kids. Um, and as a teacher and as a, a teacher in the community, but then eventually as a, as a coach in the community, that's something that I really, really wanted to stay, be a part of, and eventually stay a part of so um, you know I felt strong my wife and I felt strongly enough uh, about the community that we were able to uh, bring our kids uh, into the community so they could go to school and eventually uh, they're both in high school now uh, both both competing athletically as uh, in their freshman and, and junior years but yeah like I said it you know if uh, if the community wasn't this uh, special and meaningful, we definitely wouldn't have brought our kids, kids into it, uh, and and we actually, my wife teaches in the same community as well, so uh, we feel very strongly about it.
0: Indeed, and that was the plan that was meant to be, Scott. That's for sure. Uh, I know that uh, Karen is now glad to have you on board, and others before her, um, looking. At this year, you guys are seated second. Coming up with the playoffs starting soon, um, talk a little bit about this year's squad and and how things are going and moving towards that postseason.
1: Sure. Um, so, so the um, the second seed was almost almost the first seed. Uh, we lost the coin toss. Um, oh my! <laughs> yeah, we we lost the coin toss Monday. So. We're second seed. Uh, the the one seed had the same exact record, which is why there was a coin toss, and unfortunately, we lost that. I joked with the guys that we probably probably would have been uh, first seed if if it had gone down to paper, rock, scissors. But um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't have that chance. Gotcha. But um, this year's group is is very unique for me uh, and, and my coaching experience because we've never had a group. Uh, of seniors this large before. We have 16 seniors this year. Good. Um, wow. On a, on a, a team of, of 21, 24 now that we've got a couple extra guys up from JV to, uh, for the postseason. But um, we've never had anything close to that. I think 12 is the largest that we've had in the past. But on average, you're looking at anywhere between 6 to 8 to maybe 10 yeah. is a big class. But uh, so 16 seniors, um, last year we, we ended our season in the state semifinals, which is the first time we had got back to that stage of the of the postseason for several years. Um, so we were really, really excited coming into this season. Um, got off to kind of a slow start. We weren't scoring the goals that we were hoping to. Uh, we were letting some goals in. Um, but we were also playing some really uh, tough opponents in the first five Five games of the season, um, but after that, we kind of had a little heart-to-heart and um, made some made some tweaks and adjustments to our system, and started to slowly kind of see the results that we were hoping and expecting to see, uh, creating more goal-scoring opportunities. And um, we, with the exception being the the conference final, uh, we ended the season on a I believe it was a nine game winning streak
0: Whew.
1: nice so yeah um, And the uh, the conference final obviously didn't go the way that we were hoping we lost to one to nothing to a, a very good Oakdale team okay um, we made a made a, a costly turnover at midfield and within I believe it was five touches they had they had scored a goal um, so it was – it was a very, very effective uh, counterattack. attack. Uh, the, the ball that was played in. Uh, I was having a conversation with some of my guys yesterday. If uh, if we had put a cone on the field to say this is the absolute most dangerous spot on the field at that particular moment, the uh, the player that played the ball in would have would have hit the cone from forty yards away. Um, it was just a very, very good yes. ball. And, um that that that's that the that game, was right. the uh, foundation of their goal, and we weren't able to equalize unfortunately. so, but it it was a good uh, definitely a good experience for the guys. Um, and, and absolutely you, you could term it a wake up call, uh, especially going into the postseason
0: right. Looking at year in year out, Scott, and we talk about it a lot as uh, uh, in Frederick County in general. And certainly include a, a number of sports here in this county, but but even with in including boys soccer, um, we are we and I say that as a as a as a county are certainly battle tested when it comes to that postseason because we play each other. Why, in your mind, you've been around now almost twenty. What do you think are some things that contribute to the quality of soccer in this county
1: well it's um in my opinion it it it's kind of multifaceted, and, and we're in an exciting spot right now um where we've been able to cultivate an environment that just by simply the in, in terms of high school soccer just by simply the, the in-county teams playing each other, we're making each other better and stronger. Whereas before, in order to get that type of co- consistent competition, we had to go outside of the county. Um, and, and that type of competition maybe didn't exist until, I mean, 10 years ago. I, I'm not sure that okay. level of competition existed outside of maybe three schools in the county. Um and now you and, and but within the last ten years, it started to slowly creep creep into more than just two or, or three strong schools till now you've got, for example, this year, there is no um, out and out uh, front runner right you know everyone's lost to to each other um, at least once. Um, so we're all kind of beaten up on each other. but <laughs> yeah. what that does is it creates this really really, um, exciting chemistry where we're making them ourselves better than we could by going down the road. And I think the foundation of that started probably in the late 90s because the soccer landscape that I grew up in and played in at the club level here in Frederick County and, and uh, at the high school level in Frederick County is light years different, light years different than it was, say, in the 90s. Um, it, it's unrecognizable, and a lot of that has to do with the foundation of um, the main club in Frederick, and that that that'd be FC Frederick. It's not the only club, right? Um, but I think FC Frederick has had a a very big hand in helping improve the overall development of young players, and it and it has trickled down um, or trickled up to to the high school level. Um, and that's not just been in the past couple of years. that's been a, a process that's that's slowly taken root over the last twenty to thirty years. Um, now we've got coaches that have have played at high levels. Um, we've got coaches that have strong coaching um, education. So the kids that are getting instructed and in playing are getting the good stuff, right um, and and it's just creating a very, very um, enjoyable
0: product to watch and, and play. Scott, as you have been very fortunate in uh, having won two state titles, one in 2013, an undefeated team, and uh, the only undefeated uh, team to go through and also win the state title. Come back three years later in 16, uh, and won another one. You get to feel. I know you. You understand how special those are. What? What are some of the key pieces uh, that enable a program to be consistent and competitive? And tie that in with having the ability to win a state championship.
1: Um, one of the uh, one of the more important lessons that I learned early on in my coaching career was um, I have a a very good coaching role model in my dad, Um, my dad is is what kind of inspired me to get, to get into coaching. Um, And he always taught me that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very, very fortunate to have him as, uh, as, as my coaching role model, but also my father. But, um, he, uh, he always, he always taught me that sports, um, should be should be more than what's going on between the lines. Uh, it, it has it has a much greater in, uh, ability to impact an individual beyond the field. Um, so so early on, I always knew that I wanted to to use coaching to to try to better the individuals not only as players but as uh, like I said as individuals. Right. Um, I also didn't necessarily know how to do that, uh, so it wasn't really purposeful in in trying to impact my players that way, it wasn't for after about the first five or six years that I realized that I needed to be more purposeful in that, um, which is why we introduced um, character development and just and uh, with weekly character lessons um, to try to not necessarily instill but encourage some of the qualities that we were looking for in our players. Um, And I believe that it it was those conversations and and that type of focus that helped us instill that, that we'll call it a championship mindset where uh, the way my dad says it is the goal is to get just, and and he'll put his fingers up about about an inch apart about that much better every single day. Doesn't matter what, what it is, yeah. just just so that you're getting that much better every single day, because by the end of the season, we can be this much better, and then he'll he'll hold his arms up and they'll be wide open. Correct. Um. And and it's it is more complicated than that, but it's also yeah. not more complicated than yeah. that. <laughs> I agree. Uh, so so it's that type of mindset that hopefully if we're, if we're bringing that type of focus and that type of effort every single day and they're, they're working hard to not only make themselves better but each other better, um, you know, we're, we're able to, to achieve their true potential.
0: Okay. L- looking at your 20-plus year career as a coach, what have you learned about Coach Shartner here in the last 20
1: Oh, that's, that's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's see. Um, I, I would say emotions can, can really make you help you make some bad decisions. <laughs> yeah, um, I
0: agree. Uh,
1: when I, I, I try to, uh, I try to stay as as emotionally even because I know that that you know when when you go up you also go down um, and I also know that uh, as, as the play, as the as the coach goes the players follow mm-hmm. maybe not directly but um, if my emotions aren't in check I can't expect my players' emotions to be in check as well um, that uh that nothing lasts forever. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's something that I've definitely learned. Um, uh, and, and also, you know, sports is supposed to be fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, I go.
1: If, uh, if they're not fun, people stop doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you obviously, you absolutely want to work hard and, and you want to compete every single second, but, but sports can be fun because of how hard you're working, um, and uh, I guess I guess the last biggest thing, and I try to impress this upon upon the uh, the athletes that I that I have the privilege to work with is, um, you know, we're, we're we're playing a game where we can only be as good as we possibly can if we've got someone on the other side of the ball trying to trying to push us. Um, and trying to do their best. Okay. And we can't be our best without them doing the same thing on the other side of the ball. So um, instead of viewing them as as the enemy, um, we view them as as an opponent, as as right. almost a, a momentary partner that's, I'm going to help make them better because of how hard I, I'm competing, and, and they're going to make me better because of how hard they're competing. Um and to respect that that relationship as opposed
0: to um kind of vilify it. Uh-huh. Understood. Looking at the format, playoff format, Scott, are we heading in the right direction and uh as far as how things are set up now with the extra uh classifications and the reseeding.
1: Um I well, so I would say yes. Okay. Um uh, definitely, the the reclass um, or the reshuffling uh, of the teams after the after the regional finals going into the state what are now the state quarterfinals. Right, I think w- was an absolute right move um, because it helps ensure that that the best two teams are going to end up in the finals. Mm-hmm. And in any way that you can do that, I think you need to do um, the w- worst case scenario is when it's kind of like prescribed and, and East plays West or, yeah. or North plays South or whatever. And, and sometimes those semifinal games feature the two stronger teams. And then the state final is kind of almost already, already determined. Um, so I think absolutely it's in the right direction. Um, and, now now because they split the regions in two or, or the former regions in two, there's you know, instead of four regional champions, now there's now there's eight regional champions, so more teams get to enjoy that.
0: True. And and I think the the, the agree that with the extra divisions now you've squeezed schools and you're playing schools closer to your enrollment where before there could be a, a big gap.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and, and um, we we were we were victim to to that <laughs> yeah. at least at Urbana for a couple years because we were at one point the second smallest 4A school yeah. uh, out there. So, and I think we had I think at one point we did play Blair and Blair has almost like four thousand students to it. So it was <laughs> even though we were both 4A, kind kind of a bit yeah. of a discrepancy.
0: Right, and that, and so I think that was another plus there to, to, to do that. Scott, unfortunately, we're running low on time. I want to again thank you for taking the time to be uh, with me today. Certainly the best of luck uh, at Urbana, not only this year as the postseason begins. Good luck to the Hawks and see if they can come home with another one, but to you and doing the job you're doing down there, the best of luck to you.
1: I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. My my pleasure. You've been listening to the Frederick County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFMD. I'm your host, Steve Nibbs, and we'll see you next week. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. News Radio 930. WFMD Frederick. A Connoisseur Media Radio Station. 12 o'clock.